And there's only three conclusions. Yes, no, or another appointment. And every call you leave is going to have those three things. But the fourth option is to withdraw your bid. Just tell people, if I can't move this opportunity forward, I have a no customer left behind policy. That's not a problem. I'm going to withdraw my bid and just wish you well and hope you find a different service provider. If you want to tell me no, I'm fine with that. If you want to tell me yes, I'm even better with that. If you're not sure, then the next step is to make an appointment. Otherwise, I need to withdraw my bid. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you again on this Monday morning or whenever you're choosing to listen to this podcast. And we are excited to invite Uncle Joe Crisera on our podcast for the first time. And we're looking forward to talking with him about the three possible outcomes of a call. Before we jump into that exciting topic and all of Joe's incredible wisdom, Brian and I are going to spend a little bit of time breaking down that idea for ourselves. And we'll start with Brian's quote. Sometimes people don't want to hear the truth because they don't want their illusions destroyed. Frederick Nietzsche. Mm. Okay. I like it. Yeah. What illusions could we possibly be talking about? That we have more than six listeners on this podcast? No, I don't think we were under any of those <laughs> illusions, my man. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> well, I mean, four if you include us, right? Yeah, well, I can't count my wife. Right. So Sarah's st- still, that's not, a, uh, still not engaging. So we, huh? we have you, me, <laughs> Mike, but you force him to listen. Like, because you give him a chicken wing. Right. So that's three. Uh, okay. Three. Does Amelia listen? Um, if you send it to I her. I actually said she doesn't. I don't remember the one where you were like, I said, your wife doesn't listen. You said, oh no, occasionally we talk about it. And she says, you still do that? <laughs> uh, exactly. I talked about how Amelia doesn't listen, and she listened to that episode, and Ooh. I got in trouble for Uh-oh. it. So, yeah. She listens to every episode. She's a huge fan. Okay. She's very supportive of anything. Well, I then we're up to four, fact. so no illusions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is good to be with you, and it is good to have Joe on our podcast today. And we're really excited to talk to Uncle Joe about the three outcomes of a call. Uh, and we'll get into that here in a minute. But back to the uh, the quote there from Mr. Nietzsche about illusion and the fact that truth is what often reveals the things that we're holding on to that are an illusion. Brian, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I was thinking in terms of illusions, illusions oftentimes are um, in, in this industry. And I don't mean, well, we could say in the HVAC plumbing electrical industry, but particularly what we promote on this show and what we talk about and believe in, which is the selling tech model, if you will. Um, one illusion is, is selling is, I don't know, what would you call it? Bad? <laughs> Certainly a, a negative, negative bent. Yeah, like because if you sell, you're just a bad person. Like you're ripping somebody off which is a funny 
it's a funny thing to me because it's like, you know how I, I train on commercials. I train everyone to here to make their make their sales presentation a Super Bowl commercial, right? Not like a daytime TV commercial, meaning you put very little effort into it, spent no money on it. The production quality is low. The acting is is poor, and you know the writing of it took not very much. Kind of sounds like this podcast. This particular episode or in general? It's just in general. Wow. <laughs> Certainly poor acting. You wait until I tell the guy who edit. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I train people to build a Super Bowl commercial presentation for your product and service and for yourself, right? And I use that analogy for two reasons. One is just to make sure you understand the weight and importance of your presentation for every person you see. Because we all know that the Super Bowl commercial is the most expensive commercial time you can buy on TV. So they, they, they don't just spend the money there. They spend it, you know, they hire the most talented writers and directors and, you know, animation studios and all that. Um, so the weight of, of the importance in that aspect, but also because I want to point out that all these people who you know, quote unquote, hate salespeople, love themselves a Super Bowl commercial, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't? You're watching it for the high quality, everything we just talked about. But what is Coca-Cola doing when they're making that commercial and putting it on the Super Bowl? What are they doing, Nate? I would say in a lot of cases, Coca-Cola is trying to tell a story. Okay, they are telling a story. And one that tugs well, at the heart, speaking back to our Roy H. Williams podcast. Correct. But what is their what is their goal ultimately? Well, let me, let me I'll do multiple choice. Is it A <laughs> so I don't want you going off. Sell on more products. Got is it. it A to buy stuff from the audience? <laughs> is it B to sell stuff to the audience? <laughs> I'd really have to think about that a little bit longer, Brian, but <laughs> I think I get where you're going. I don't want to lose you again. So <laughs> they, they put those commercials on the Super Bowl for to sell you something. I know they're horrible, horrible people, aren't they? Terrible people. Sell? They're going to sell? Ugh, gross. Like <laughs> mm. this mindset that if someone sells something, they're just trying to rip someone off. When at the end of the day, the well, all of our most successful salespeople here, um, any high-producing salesperson, even our low-producing salespeople, I, I would say n- nearly 100% of the time they present a product, it's either because something is broken and needs to be fixed, something is going to break soon, and you'd be better off fixing or replacing it, or they have this thing that they are excited about because it either greatly helped them at home or helped one or many of their clients previous to them being at your home. And they are like, let me tell you about this thing. I got to tell you all about this. You're going to love it. Right. It's, it's excitement in whatever the product is. It just so happens that they make money by doing it, Mm. but it is not a number one for, for most people in selling situations. And I'm in like, of all my Facebook groups, I'm in several like selling Facebook groups, which is salespeople. 
And anyone who even talks about, you know, these will have like 50, 60, like Ryan Stuman's group has like a hundred and something thousand uh, people in the Facebook group. And anytime someone talks about ripping someone off or, or giving them, um, giving them a, a crappy product or something or, or not giving them something that they paid for, they are drug behind a truck in that thing, in that group. Mm. Like even in these just straight up salespeople world, to talk about not providing value and taking someone's dollars is is treated, you're treated like an outcast. We as a society have decided that selling is not only okay, but it's a good thing. But let's stop right there when it comes to like the HVAC world in particular, because it's right. way worse in HVAC than plumbing and electrical. It exists in plumbing and electrical too. Um, they like to, they also like to ostracize people who sell, but not nearly as bad as HVAC. Um, and I still feel like it's because majority of people who are anti-selling is because they tried, sucked at it, which of course they did. They didn't have any practice or training and decided it wasn't for them. So the people it is for, and these HVAC guys are just so like this, they're all criminals. They, they can't be better than me at something. That's not possible. There's got to be something wrong with them, right? They're broken. They're just wow, better trained than you, better communicators than you, more, dare I say, likable than you. And that's a big thing, the likability. Because who's buying something from someone they really don't like? It still, still yeah. happens. I mean, that's something that Mike Sheffs talked about in his, uh, his talk, his speech from our previous podcast. What's that? Likeability. Mm-hmm. People, people want to do business with people they like. That's why he's such. That's why he emphasized so much the smile. Like, bring, bring your face to the equation. Yeah, let your face know. Yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> yes, you do, buddy. <laughs> Nate, not a big smiler. Just kind of walk in the halls of the office. <laughs> it's not that we won't do business with someone we do, we don't like. We will. I mean, reach, reach cross to your dashboard and grab the thing that you're listening to this podcast on right now and think about how much you really like Apple as a company, as people. I mean, all day, every day we buy things from people we don't like. But if you have two people with the same product at the same price and you really like one of them and really dislike the other one, guess who you're doing business with? Likeability is the trump card. Mm-hmm. So, not that that has anything to do with the um, the point I'm trying to make here, but it 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 is it frustrates me to no end. I, I feel like I have these conversations on social media nonstop. I don't get argumentative. I probably get more argumentative on the show here talking about this stuff than I do in like a an interaction in a group, or certainly in a one on one. I I I never feel angry when I'm going back and forth with someone on this topic who's saying that, like, you know, we had um, any high-level technician, high-producing technician, let's say Mike Sheffs, who last week's episode, who was many times the number one seller of indoor air quality products across one hour nationwide, people will say, oh, he's just a rip-off artist who hits old ladies over the head and snatches their purse when they're not looking and leaves them with a, you know, ultraviolet light in their ductwork or whatever. Uh, I don't really get 
angry at him. I'm going back and forth, and I feel like, you know what it is? When I got when I first got to Yes Plumbing, Heating, and Air in Las Vegas, um, Ken Goodrich's GM, Lance, at the time, asked me if I wanted to learn how to sell. And my reaction was like a visceral, gut-wrenching reaction to that question. I was like, nah, bro, I'm a plumber. <laughs> learn how to sell. I started to leave. And I feel like that about these guys who do that on you know, in these texting apps and stuff and on social media where I'm like, I'm like, just chill. Just give me a second. Let me talk about this with you because you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. You don't get, when's the last time you got pissed at your waitress at Applebee's because she was like, would you like dessert? Would you like some dessert? Have you checked out our brownie volcano ice cream thing? Check this out real quick. Mm, What's she doing? Yeah. Let's go. Talk about the brownies. Does does she want your insulin to spike? Is that her, is that her job? She just wants you to get a sugar high on the way out. (laughs) Yeah. What's she doing? She's, uh, she's, she's, she's selling. That's what she is. Baby. She is selling you for two reasons. One, maybe she really likes the ice cream, the, the cake volcano or whatever. Probably. Um, also as the bill goes up, what else goes up? Generally the tip, the tip goes up same percentage, right? So if you tip 20%, every dollar that bill goes up, it's 20 cents more in her pocket. It's selling. Does it, does it make her a bad person, Nate? No. I can't imagine that you would feel like your waitress is a bad person for bringing up something that she hopes you'll like and enjoy. What's it doing to your health, Nate? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, in that analogy, nothing good, but it could just be as simple as like, telling me about how fantastic the soup is or how amazing one of these entrees is and just give me a recommendation. And I'm like, wow, I've never tried that before. I think I'd like to. Yeah. I'm, I'm just pointing out if we decide to, we could, we could destroy this poor waitress Sure, for being a salesperson that's looking to decrease my health, increase my waistline, um, get me in trouble with my doctor. No, she's like, I've had this before. It's delicious. Oh, Side note, if you buy it, I make a little bit more money. She's she's cool. I'm cool with that. Right. I, in fact, she could tell me I'm here to sell you because I'll make a bigger tip. Might actually be more apt to buy it that way because <laughs> I do like honesty. Right. And I would say that, you know, people would ask me if I make commission. I'm like, if you buy more, I make more, 100%. That's not what I'm here, though, here for, though. I believe you would love to have this in your home. Right. So yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> like, where's the, where's all the hate and the vitriol coming from? So I get there are people out there in our industry who will say anything to get something sold. No morals, no principles, just lie outright to get something sold. Um, they, they do get found out pretty fast though, don't they? Mm-hmm. They, they generally get found out pretty fast. So I just want to, I just want you all to knock it off with the bashing of someone who can sell something and you can't grow up, learn how to sell, hit up uncle Joe, got him on the show today, baby service MVP. He'll teach you how to sell and uh, you can make money too. You don't have to be mad at the other guy. As Stephen Covey said, there is plenty to go around and to spare. I like it, Brian. And that's, that's a, that's a good word. Uh, especially with the quote about the illusion. Another illusion that I think Uncle Joe is going to be talking about today is whether you actually have the sale or don't have the sale, uh, which kind of leads right into the three potential outcomes of a call. 
Not to tread all over that, uh, we're going to jump into that interview right now, and we're going to put Uncle Joe Cressera in your passenger seat. Joe Cressera, or Uncle Joe, as he is well known, is America's service sales coach. Joe is known throughout the world as a sales educator, author, and entrepreneur with more than 40 years of experience, having trained thousands of owners, managers, technicians, and sales professionals in the blue-collar service business, how to change their thinking and grow their sales. His business, Service MVP, is motivational and has a genuine desire to help service providers become as successful as possible. They have helped businesses ranging from startups to Fortune 1000 companies grow their profit and revenue. And whether you've experienced his training or his coaching in person at one of the events or a live coaching call or through print, video, or e-learning materials, you will find out that instantly you're on the pathway to success. We're looking to have a great conversation with Uncle Joe today and welcome here, Joe. Hey, how you guys doing there today? We're doing fantastic and we are really excited to have you on here. Yeah, it's great to have you on, Joe. As I well, as I told you, I, I watched a video of yours that that really intrigued me, and I, I loved. It was not very long, but it was a great concept, and something that I I really wanted to hear you hear you do an hour on. So we appreciate your time. Well, good. Uh, well, first of all, let me just start by saying thank you for inviting me to the show, and uh, I've listened to it a few times, and I'm definitely proud of both of you guys for uh, providing information for the hardest working people in our country and around the world who uh, work in those subcutaneous uh, places like the crawl space and attic and the garage and different places in the house so everybody can live a life uh, that is uh, stress-free and they can focus on their families and not focus on you know, plumbing, heating and air conditioning or electrical or garage doors. They can just, uh, they can just enjoy their family instead. So it's thanks to people like you who make that education possible for the blue-collar people in this uh, country and around the world. Thank you, guys. Wow, thank you very much, Joe. It was good talking to you, my man. We're gonna we're gonna call it from here. <laughs> we got the we got the clip it's a, we wanted. It's a good it's a good sound play, right? Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Yeah, <laughs> appreciate that. Here's what Joe Casares says about our show, right? It's good. Uh, he said as a testimony. We should have done a video, actually, right? Right. right. Uh, but good stuff. No, seriously, I really am proud of you guys. You guys do you guys do a great job, and you know, just the education you provide it helps so many thousands of people. So. Congratulations on that. And if, if you leave a legacy of all that information, that's uh, pretty solid. So thank you for having me here. Yeah, thanks, Joe. It's a privilege to have you on. And you are an educator yourself in your own right. And one of the things that we like to do at the top of our show is get an introduction from our guest. I'm sure many of people are familiar with your name and what you do. But for those who aren't, perhaps you could give us a little bit of a background as to how you got into what you're doing and exactly it is, what is it that you do? Well, uh, you know, the, the way the, the, to sum up what we do is we teach people how to create higher value uh, so they can, so with the prices that people charge, the value that they explain exceeds the price. So, you know, with the rising cost of inflation and the scarcity of materials and the rising cost of labor, which is, you know, skyrocketing rapidly, uh, there has never been a service that has been needed more than ours right now, which is how can you communicate, uh, you know, at a higher level that makes that pricing still seem like it's a, a good investment for people and their families. So that's in a summary we do. I 
I've been doing uh, in the blue collar trade since uh, 1976. Actually, you want to say before that, I used to carry around fittings for my dad, who was a plumber, and you know, I grew up working for ten dollars a week for him on the summer summer job when I was out of school when I was eight years old, ten years old, twelve years old. So even longer if you want to count that time. But truthfully, you know, I've been professionally in this business since 1976. And uh, made a lot of mistakes along the way. The first, uh, how I got into doing this, I made a lot of mistakes the first 20 years, I would say. And then after that, I uh, had some good mentors and people, including customers, who guided me about how to do some of the things I teach, which is basically how do you diagnose the entire system on every call? How do you diagnose customers on every call to make sure you're in balance between the customer and the technical part of the job? And then how do you make premium mid-range economy choices that are personalized and customized for each client? And then how do you bring it to a conclusion and get the job done? You know, that's really it. You know, I, I invented a trademark phrase called what should we do is a question that we ask to close every single job. Like, here's the prices. What should we do? I got to think about it. Sure. Take all the time you want. I'll be right here. What should we do? So basically, we have a lot of trademark phrases and things, Joeisms, if you will. And uh, we use those to embed it in the mind of your technicians and salespeople and office people so they feel confidence and they feel like they can create high value when they communicate. And they feel like they stand on a solid rock foundation, which we call pure motive service. Pure motive service is focusing on the quality, reliability, safety, and health and customer service that we provide each client. And mostly pure motive service is being honest with people even when it's not popular, even when it's difficult, you're still going to fight upstream, uh, to be honest with people. So I'm proud of the program. I am flawed in many ways, as you probably will find out during this hour. But uh, I, the, perfect, the system we have created is perfect. It is the best uh, system that, that there is because 90% of what we teach is working against the grain when clients are trying to go a different route and trying to get them back on track to your solution. That's what we teach. Well, man, we're looking forward to diving into that. Uh, we actually had one of your fans on here uh, a couple weeks ago, Dylan Moya. He spoke very highly of you and the things that you brought into his life. Yeah, it's a good example. We, we changed his life. He was uh, a guy who was just a drain cleaner, and he was, he was made to come to the seminar by his boss. When he left, he was like floating on air, and it changed his life. The arc of his life and his family uh, has changed and his the amount of money he makes and earns, which is, you know, uh, six figures plus, you know, double six figures, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year he earns is uh, because of this training. Before he just would have been a guy making fifty, sixty thousand a year, grinding it out with no end in sight, and now he is the leader, whoever whichever company he goes to, he will be a leader and he will be teaching this program to other people. And every time he goes somewhere they wind up using my services, so that's another good byproduct <laughs> for me. Sure. Is that uh, if I, you know, it's, I call it the open hand philosophy, which is that when you teach this to people, you would think that well, if I teach it, will my competitors find out? The truth is, uh, if you put your hand in a sand at the beach and you set a pile of sand and you try to own it by hold, closing your fist and owning that sand, you wind up about the amount of, the amount of sand that would be about the size of a quarter because you tried to own it. Well, you always believe in the sharing. That's why I don't mind sharing the information here because I believe that uh, for every time I share it, it creates more interest and desire in what I teach. And if I can help people and it works, that's a great way to start our relationship. That's how I feel about that. 
Absolutely. And there is so much to learn that even if you were divulging all of your secrets right now, it would take a lifetime to put it into practice. And that's why repetitive learning is something that we love doing here. And it's really why we release podcasts every single week, even though we may be covering the same subject or the same ideas time and time again, it takes a long time for those concepts to take root into your life and actually bloom into fruit that makes a difference, right? Yeah, it's you know, it's like the, there's there's a tipping point where all of a sudden, like like Dylan had, like oh, we do a thing called total immersion, which is a one week thing for five days straight, and everybody's asked me, you should shorten that up to like two or three days. The problem is, you know, I'm basically reprogramming people's mind into doing things uh, using the science of pricing, the science of communication, and re, re reprogramming the mind so it realizes that wow. I got to remove the dysfunctional things I've have been doing and putting the functional things. And it takes, you know, all week long, we're practicing and repetition. Like people will have made a presentation of the, their services probably 20 times during that week as they practice for graduation of that event. Uh, so there's nothing that replaces that. And uh, even that five days, it's just a start. And then after that, you're making two or three a day with your customer and you're learning from that. It's like batting practice, right? It's uh a major league baseball player still takes batting practice set before every game, even though you would think a guy who's been in little league, college, high school, and then triple A and double A and single A would know how to hit a baseball with the time he's 35 years old. But even that guy would uh, still get in the cage and make sure he's got the fundamentals down every single time. With a coach? Yeah, with their coach too, watching, right? Make sure that he sees any flaws. He, he seeks conflict. He seeks that uh, did you just see any flaws in my swing? Did you just see me do anything that I can correct? Uh, I think a lot of times people, have, their ego is their amigo. They, it's another Joeism. They, uh, what they do is they avoid that conflict. They avoid accountability. Uh, whereas a major leaguer does not avoid accountability. He watches film of himself and his coaches watch him, uh, every at bat and they give him, he, he's open to that feedback. He, he wants to improve and that's what a real pro will do. You know, people who don't want to get the feedback, people who are afraid of graduation, people who are afraid of trying things with customers, but what they're afraid of is accountability. And uh, that's for, you know, and, and most of the country is, you know, so not, I'm not surprised because 95% of the population does fear accountability. And I think that's really a lot of what we teach is how to embrace accountability and embrace conflict because conflict management is really what we're teaching. Is, you know, you, you're going to go to a call and you think everybody wants to spend $30,000 you'll soon be disappointed. Uh, but you have to make sure that you know, people understand you know, what is the problem that is worth 30000 because if there's no problem worth 30000 then there's no solution that's worth 30000 Does that make sense? Absolutely. And we have so much more to jump into here, Joe. And I, I know that you could talk for just probably days on end about all the knowledge that you have to offer. But for today's purpose, we want to focus the show around the three possible outcomes of a call. So if you'd be kind enough to just kind of uh, tee that up for us, and then we'll start digging into the meat of it. Sure. You know, um, I would say for any, any for anything, guys, if you hire a marketing company or you hire um, a plumbing company or you hire a drive, you know, somebody who does painting and decorating in your house or you want to buy furniture or somewhere, anytime you buy something that's a service, which really, really every company is a service, even if they sell products, it's how they deliver those products that is the service that you're getting. Um, you know, so uh, the real the real track of a professional, you can see, am I, am I at a professional dentist? 
Well, you would know that when you left the dentist's office, the door would not open as you tried to walk out of the office. It'd be like locked, you know, to get, to get from the office to the waiting room where they get to do the dental procedures to the waiting room, that door will be locked when you're trying to leave. They go, hey, the door's locked. Oh, yeah, that's because we have to make an appointment for the next visit before you leave. And so the dent, you don't have to go any further than your own dentist to see uh, the dental marketing system, which is don't let people leave until we book the next appointment. So with that thought, I'm like, yeah, why are we letting people leave without the next thing we're doing, right? So you give people the prices, you figure out what you're, tell them the problems, you tell them the prices. At the end of it, you say, what should we do? And then, you know, you go through handling objections and stuff like that. But there is a time when some people are like, you know what, I don't care what you do. You're going to have to, we're going to have to sleep on this. We're going to have to pray on it or something like that, right? And then you're like, okay, I understand. So how much time do you need? Well, I need 24 hours. All right. Uh, well, then if you need 24 hours, uh, now you, are you interested or not interested? I'm interested. Well, if you're interested, then we need to make an appointment to bring it to a conclusion. Uh, so the next step would be to make an appointment for the, after 24 hours. So 24 hours today is Thursday. So tomorrow will be Friday. You want to do it on Saturday an appointment, or you want to do it on Monday as an appointment to get this thing brought to you? Now we could do two things: we could bring it to a conclusion by getting the work done on that day, or we can bring it to a conclusion by uh, just making a choice on that day. Uh, but we got to make an appointment to come back here and get that set up. Uh, when is a good time to do that? So that just has to happen. As a matter of fact, it's not even like do you want to make an appointment? I'm saying we need to make an appointment. That's how we do it. Uh, and the customer's like, well, what if I don't want to make an appointment? What if I don't know my wife's schedule? I would say, we're going to make an appointment on Saturday or on Monday. You talk to your wife, and if she says we're not going to do this stuff, just text me, cancel, and we'll cancel the appointment. If you want to reschedule it because Saturday or Monday are not good, good, we'll just do it on Tuesday. Just say, Joe, can we reschedule it for Tuesday? And I'll just reschedule it for you as my service to you. So the idea is to leverage customers to say, if we're really thinking about it, well, then let's think about this. I'm managing the project. If I can't manage the selection phase of the project, this is a sample of how I do my service. If I leave customers behind right now, guys, then they know you do crappy service right there. You are, you're, you're, not, you're not functional in a way. You're dysfunctional mowing through customers and not getting the next activity on the schedule for them. Uh, what's going to happen when there's a uh, installation? You probably won't get that on the schedule either. You probably say, I'll have the office call you back to schedule it. You know, that's a crappy service provider right there because the ser- person who sold the service should have been prepared with an installation date uh, before they gave somebody prices. Should have been like, Hmm, I'm going to present this to the customer. You call the office. When's the next time we can do the install? It can't be till Tuesday, Joe. Okay, well, good. I'll know that when I sell the job then today. So now you sell the job. You say, well, when can we do the job then, Joe? Well, if I said I could do it Tuesday, what would happen then? Yeah, we just get it done. Okay, good. We'll put it on Tuesday. That's what we're going to do. They should know that going in. So bottom line is this, guys. Uh, Any service provider of any trade or anything you purchase, if they don't have the next activity and you just put money down, how can you have confidence that that person is competent enough to complete the project you're trying to do? Does that make sense here, guys? Like, uh, 
you know, you, let's say you buy uh, remodeling for your basement, and the guy's like, okay, well, we'll fi- let's get together next week sometime, and we'll sign the contract. It's like, what day next week? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. My guy says, I don't know my schedule. And that already tells you that the service provider is so disorganized that he did not even prepare to sell this job. And you are now like an afterthought. But here I am about to give you $150,000 to remodel my basement. And you don't even know your schedule next week. Uh, is this really a professional or am I really dealing with an amateur? Uh, let's think about that. Is that, and, and that is when you're talking about setting the job up to do the job, but, but would you say that in the, in the same way about, say, a, an electrician who the client says, we'll have to meet back up when my wife can be here, and, and the electrician says, let me call the shop and see what we have available? Yeah, how about this? Uh, there's a lot, a lot of different things on that, right? It could be, uh, give me the prices, or email me the prices, and I'll talk to my wife and call you back later. A customer might say that, right? Mm -hmm. And I would say, I can do better than that, actually. What's that? Well, um, let's go ahead and select one of these first so we know which one that you can endorse to your wife. And then uh, I'd like to make sure that I get on the phone with you and your wife so you and I together can present it to her because, to me, it would be bad service for you to present solutions to your wife because you're not an electrician. Uh, uh, Since uh, I'm the electrician. Uh, allow me to present the service to your wife so she is informed as to what she gets. Because here's what I believe in. Write this down, everybody. I believe in equal access to the information. And right now, your wife is going to be disrespected if we do it your way. The way you're trying to do it is you're trying to take an electrician's information, tell your wife about ohms and amps and volts, and she's going to not understand it, or you're not going to tell her at all. You're just going to tell her the price. And I do not expect your wife to make a purchase without knowing what she's going to get. So the functional way would be to let me do my job and explain this to you and your wife together. So let's make an appointment to come back or do it via Zoom if you want to. Because uh, I don't have to have an actual in-your-house appointment. I could do a Zoom appointment. So let's make a time and date where we can get together on this and make sure that your wife has got equal access to the information so we can show her the respect of getting the information so she can make an informed choice. What's a good date for us to do that? So we got to do that. Either do it. Do you want to do it in real life, or you want to do it on the Zoom? Let's do it in real life. She doesn't like Zoom. I don't either. Let's do it in real life. Uh, what's a good day? Saturday or Monday? Uh, to make that final final choice. Um, yeah, let's do Saturday. And guys, realize this, guys. If you make that appointment, you're going to sell 84% of those jobs. 16% will be lost because people find another solution in the meantime. But, you know, 84, I'll tell you right now, you'll be the only one, you know, Brian and Nate, you'll be the only one who actually made the appointment. Uh, that's why the overwhelming odds you're going to get the job because everybody else is dropping the ball. This is the most predictable thing I can tell you in sales that happens. People dropping the ball at this critical juncture. When they gave the prices or they're just about to give the prices, but we can't get the husband and wife together or we can't get this appointment with, um, you know, to, to make the final choice on this thing. Uh, I don't believe in mutual mystification, which is what happens when you don't have the appointment made. And just like I said, you got a competent dentist when he makes that appointment when you leave. If somebody remodels your basement, they should say, well, I'm glad that you're purchasing that solution for 156000 
next step is right now to make an, to, to fill out the paperwork right now. Do you got time for me to uh, get this paperwork, the contract, the, 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 uh, the agreements? Uh, okay. Do you get the, okay, the agreement? Uh, well, I don't got time for that right now. I got to take off. Okay. Before I leave, let's make an appointment to come back so we can get the project started because we can't start the project until you execute the agreement. So what's a good time for us to do that? Or, you know, you thought you found me in that guys. It's like you, you leaving an appointment without the next step, whether it's after you sold the job or whether it's before you sold the job, um, that you dropped the ball. Hey, don't, don't be surprised when the competition picks up that fumble and scores in the end zone and they do a touchdown dance right in front of your face saying, I'm glad we got that job. The other company that they got it from, which is you, is incompetent. And you, you weren't able to manage the project in the selection phase. What makes you think you're going to be able to manage this project for the work phase? Does that make sense, guys? 100%, Joe. And I love the analogy of the fumble when somebody else picks it, the opposing team, so to speak, picks it up and celebrates in the end zone with it. Why do you think it is that the the selection phase is so easy to make that fumble? Because, I mean, you've already done a lot of the hard work, right? You evaluated, troubleshooted the situation. You've put together the presentation. You've made this incredible, you know, uh, option sheet or, or whatever you're doing it and you've done all this dialogue with the client and then it comes to this simple hurdle of oh you know we want to think about it why is it that it's so easy for us to just kind of tap out and move on at that point well i, I think there's two things i think number one we, we've all been kind of conditioned you know as blue collar people if you got if you guys are blue collar people like i was yeah you know, i was taught that it's rude to talk to strangers about money uh, right at the bat. So you're right at the bat, you're in a deficit with, you've been conditioned from birth to not, money's the root of all evil. Don't talk to people about money. Uh, you know, you're just a plumber. You're not, the blue collar trades of the workers are not like, uh, you know, eloquent communicators. And so, you know, you're, you're bothering people with this thing, right? So I think that most people think it's an interruption to people's day. You have to look at it like, when you're an electrician and there's no power in the master bedroom or people want to get a hot tub, uh, but they need to get a new panel or whatever it is that they're calling you, they want to get light fixtures in the hallway or whatnot, that you are the reason for uh, them right now. This is the reason that, that they, this is the number one thing in their life. They blocked off four hours, four hours to give to you or two hours, half a day or two hours to give to you. Uh, to fumble the ball and waste those two hours is the first uh, thing that tells you the customer that you're getting bad customer service from people. And, you know, nobody identifies it that way. It's just like, yeah, that guy wasn't really serious. He didn't even schedule the next thing. Right. Um, and I can tell you some stories of impact that this has financially, you know, if you want to hear those stories. Uh, but I can tell you right now that I just think it's that uh, the low self, low self-esteem that most people think that you are secondary or you are not primary to this customer. But let me just tell you something. When somebody invites you into their inner sanctum, into their home, you have to think like I am a 12 on a scale of one to 10 because I'm a complete stranger coming into this house. I'm going to make a friend and make them make these people a friend. And you shouldn't be feeling like you're at a deficit. But I think we've been conditioned at birth to say blue collar people are sort of like a 
interruption to our life. Not something like not something ever like nobody wants to talk to a plumber. They want to have the plumbing working, right? And so we kind of take that as uh, with the situation that happens, we kind of put that on ourselves. We take that too personal, I think. And I think that's really what it is. I think people are, don't don't really look at it like they should be the primary thing in people's life right now until we get this resolved. And then we should fade back in the background once once it's resolved. So you said you have some stories about the impact of. Uh, you know, fumbling here or, or, or missing out on the opportunity to re-follow up with somebody. What is What have been some of those stories and, and uh, how have you seen them played out, both either positive or negative? So I have, I have a company in Napa, Idaho. I was at in, in 2000, uh, last year, 2022. Uh, in April 23rd, they called me out there. Now, this is a plumbing company with 11 plumbers. And the company never really did more than 175000 in any month. And they were just starting to do the price options by like doing the science of pricing. They were learning how to connect with clients. And they were just kind of getting it together. In that, and they were doing good. They were picking it up. Uh, and then I was there for a week, and I said to this team, I said, listen, guys, uh, we've got a ways to go here, obviously. You guys are just getting started. You watch some of my videos, and you're doing good with it. You said, see, we see the uptick in the pricing. I said, but what I don't like to see here is this conversion rate is so low. You're at like, you know, 40% conversion rate. That's not acceptable for service. I said, service rate, service calls should be 92 to 96% conversion. I said, I think I know what the problem is. At the end of the call, here's, if I said, if you don't accomplish one thing this week, we're going to do a thing here this week. You will learn on day one, how do we do a thing where we give people the price, diagnose the system, give them the prices, and then bring it to a conclusion. And there's only three conclusions. Yes, no, or another appointment. And every call you leave is going to have those three things. Uh, and if you don't, if, if people don't want to make an appointment, then the fourth option, I don't want to even bring up, but the fourth option is to withdraw your bid. Just tell people, if I can't move this opportunity forward, I have a no customer left behind policy. That's not a problem. I'm going to withdraw my bid and just wish you well and hope you find a different service provider because. I will, I'm not going to, I can't go back to my boss and tell him after two hours of being here that we didn't move this project forward to at least get the final selection. So if you don't want to make that selection, just tell me no. If you want to tell me no, I'm fine with that. If you want to tell me yes, I'm even better with that. But if you're not sure, then the next step is to make an appointment. Otherwise, I need to withdraw my bid. So should I withdraw my bid or should I make that appointment? What should we do? Uh, we try to do this. So we, that, that week in Nampa, Idaho, they were, uh, they were dumbfounded on Monday. Like, so this is really happening? I'm like, oh, yeah. I said, by Friday, your dispatcher will be taught this week that if you don't have a yes, no, or another appointment, you will not get another call. So when you finish a call and you call in and they say, yeah, how'd it go on that call? Well, I, right now they're thinking about it. Oh, good. They're, think, they're still thinking about it? They're interested? Oh, yeah, they're interested. They like me. Well, if they like you, when do we book the next appointment? Oh, they didn't book an appointment. They're just going to call us back next week. Well, Joe trained you for four days on what to do, so you know what the next step is going to be then right now, right? What is that? Well, the next step is a U-turn to go back to the house and book the appointment <laughs> or withdraw the bid. You, you, you're not allowed to get a call. There's no more calls here for you. You're on furlough. You're now unemployed unless you go make that appointment. Well, he, he, did, he, did Joe not tell you that? He did tell us that. I thought he was just full of it, though. No, that's happening, actually, right now. Well, here's what happened, guys. During that week, I told you before, this company never did more than 175000 
they finished that week at 124,000 for that week, knowing on Monday this is what's going to happen. So they said, you know what? We might as well just start doing this now. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so they start doing it that they start doing it that week. During that week, they did 124,000. I was there, right? Everybody just said, okay, game on. We got to bring this to a conclusion. And they, they realized, I said, I'm going to be here watching you guys. I'm going to teach this to you today. And I'm going to teach it all morning long. And nobody, nobody's going to leave this room until we learn this, how to do this, right? And then they're going to be like, all right, all right, I got it. I said, we're all going to role play it. You're going to get it down. And then you got to do it on the next call. Every call you go on, we got to have this. I said, even starting today, I'm going to be, I'm, I, I, I wasn't going to do this. I'm like, because I'm not going to watch a dispatcher all day, but I'm like, I'm going to watch your dispatcher all day and I'm going to see, and I might step in if you don't do it. Just, you know, I'll be watching. And I really wasn't going to watch, but I told him that. Uh, so just the illusion of accountability turned into 124,000 that week, right? Now listen to this. May of that year, last year, they had, went from 175 was the best month ever. Uh, April of this one was better now because we did 124 that week plus. I think they did over 200 and some thousand, 250,000 now that with that month. Uh, but here's the thing: May and that that that, that, that the seven after that seven day training in May, they did 611 thousand dollars with 11 plumbers, and then they have never. This company has never been under 600 thousand for last year and a half. They have been now. They are routinely doing. One million dollar month. Now they do have more people now. They have seventeen plumbers now, and they have uh, seven HVAC company people now in their company. But they now do uh, one point two to one point five million dollars a month. And if you ask the owner of that company, he will tell you this: what I'm talking about with you right here today was the thing that made it all come to life. That that you can talk about making prices, you can talk about lip service, about presenting stuff to people. But if you don't get it brought to a conclusion, that's really where the rubber hits the road. And, and it does make a big imprint on us all that, yeah, that is crappy service if somebody doesn't. Think you buy a TV, from, wouldn't you expect them to set a delivery date or, or something like that? I mean, uh, uh, yeah, what's the next step? Uh, I don't know what to do. You don't know. Uh, I, just, I just spent uh, 4500 on a TV, you know. So whatever it is, that's it. So that's the financial impact. This will literally triple your sales overnight. Uh, this could be the most important uh, hour that anybody has ever listened to in their entire life. And, and this, the guys, this is not just for, you know, mechanical trades, but even in your own family, right? You're going to do something with your family. Let's commit to it by putting it on the schedule and getting it done. Don't say, we should do something this weekend. Yeah, deadass, make yourself schedule it. And then you'll have something done this weekend. Then you know you're doing something. It's on the schedule. Hey, I got a schedule for us to go to the botanical garden or whatever you're going to do. Go to the zoo, go to the ball game, go play some basketball with your son. Put it on the schedule and then you're actually going to do it. Does that make sense there, guys? Absolutely. And that's sound leadership advice across the board. You're absolutely right. If it matters, it goes on your calendar. As much as we like to say, oh, you know, we're, we're pretty free people. We do whatever we want to we do follow a schedule at the end of the day. And if we, if we want something to mean something, we put it on our calendar. We do that with dates. We do that with holidays. We do that with family get togethers. Why not do it with your career? Yeah. I mean, this podcast is a result. Me being on this podcast is a result. Exactly what I'm talking about. Hey, you interested in being on our podcast, Joe? Absolutely. I love you guys. Great. Let's get it on the calendar. Here's our calendar. Let's get a date. I say, here's my assistant. She'll schedule it for me. 
And that's it. You know, that's how we even wound up here. I, I mean, truthfully, it was like until like a half an hour before I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing that podcast. And thank God I did have my calendar because I looked at my calendar this morning. It's like, oh, 10 o'clock. I'm uh, spewing gold nuggets today. I didn't, <laughs> didn't, realize, didn't, realize, didn't realize it was that day yet, but here we are, you know. So, but I guarantee you, if we didn't write it down, I didn't have that account, you'd be like, call me. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're calling me now? I'm busy right now. You know, right. it would have been, we, we, you know, we're always going to find a reason why we can't do it if it's not on the schedule. Make sense? It sure does, Joe. So, I mean, that's pretty much a, a great dive into the first possible outcome of a call, which is, of course, make sure that you're, if you're not closing, or you don't have a definitive answer, reschedule to get one. And I think you kind of led into what the other two options there are as far as outcomes of a call. Let's jump into number two. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, the first outcome is get the job and sell it, right? It'd be nice, just what should we do? That's a lot of time, I, I need some time to think about it. Yeah, so take a look, take your time, I'll stay right here, what should we do? It's a lot of money, I know, but it's an investment in your family, so what should we do? You know, so you, there's just many ways of selling that job. You know, you're probably going to sell 90, 90% of it if you just stick with that. But then there's sometimes people say, no, you're not going to use you. And, you know, when I get no, I don't just quit. I probably go through about, you know, 15 things I'm going to try. But here's the thing about it. There's a lot of people who are like, you know, Joe, we just have a rule in our life. We just never buy anything at the same time. And, it, and it's like there is sort of like a they're not sure or whatever type of thing. And really it's not that they're not sure about your solution. They're really not sure about you, right? That's what you got to remember, guys. When people say they want to think it over, they are not thinking over the prices. They're not thinking over the job or what you're going to do. They're thinking over, am I going to hand my money over to this dude who can manage? Is this guy is this guy capable of managing this project? Is this guy capable of doing this job where I will be free of problems forever? You know, or whatever. That's that's what they're thinking about, and they're thinking about you and your your commitment. So the only way you can show them the commitment by your actions is to tell them, well, the next thing you need to do then, if you're not sure about today, uh, one thing you can be sure about me is I won't leave this house until we make another appointment. That's what we need to do next. Um, but what if I don't want to make an appointment? Well, then, you know, do you, well, let me just go ahead and slow it down. So here is how I'm going to go ahead and give you the actual paint by numbers as to how you do this. You, you ready for this, guys? You want, let, me, let me go ahead and just give you the, the full secret, right? How, how you do the whole thing? Let's roll. I've been waiting my whole career for this. Well, Brian, is that Brian or is that uh, Nate? Who's one is that? That's Brian. Brian, here we go. You want you want to help me on this? You be the customer, Brian, and I'll be I'll be you. You we'll go through a typical scenario. You just like Joe. No matter what you do, you're a great guy. I mean, I'd probably hire you for my company, even. <laughs> Don't you love but that? But I just need, I just need, I just need twenty. You know, that, that's what it is. They, people are like they throw the they throw roses at you, like, oh, you're just one of the best people I've ever seen in the history of people, you know. <laughs> uh, but I just need, so I just need like the weekend to think about it. So please give me that. I know what you're trying to do, and I appreciate it. I know you put so much passion in what you're trying to do, and I most likely I'm going to hire you. I, I'm going to hire you. Even they might even tell you that, right? I just got. I just need the weekend to get my finances together, or just whatever it is. Like my wife and I always pray on it, or something like that. So you go ahead and tell me that, Brian, and I'll. I'll so I'll give you this. Here's the one. You want to write this down? Everybody, get your pen and paper and put it in your notepad. Uh, you want to record this one segment? And here we go. It's going to be uh, the role play that you can. We can all go home and have. We got this golden nugget, and we can take it with us. So Brian, right. you go ahead and tell me. So Brian, Brian, we've been going around for like 90 minutes on these prices. Uh, what should we do? All right, um, Joe, I, I got to tell you, man, 
you're a great sales guy and probably a great plumber too. I mean, I can just tell you're going to, you're going to be fine. You know, whether we do this or not, you're just a great guy. And I'm not saying no, I just, at this time we can't say yes. Um, we always talk to my wife's brother about these kind of things. He's just, you know, he's just such a wise person. And, uh, he's yeah, actually, he's, he's on a mountaintop right now and won't have phone service until Monday. So, you know, it's Thursday here. If you can just leave the, uh, quote for us to go over, we'll, uh, we'll maybe give you a call back well, Wednesday, Thursday. Well, I can actually do better than that, Brian. Uh, first of all, can I just say something? Sure. Yeah, your brother-in-law is so lucky to have family members like you to keep him in the loop and really include him in this kind of thing. I mean, it's so nice that he would give you his advice. And it's so nice to have somebody like that you can respect him because you don't see family stay together like that so much. So thank you so much for showing me that. And thanks for the opportunity. And I'm, I'm happy that you're going to check in with your, your brother, okay, on this thing. Uh, but first, let me ask you a question, Brian. Are you guys interested in my solutions or are you not interested in them? If you're not interested, just tell me no. Uh, are you not interested or is there some interest in my solutions right now? Oh, I'm, I mean, we're probably 70-30 that we want to do it. It's just, you know, we just don't make a decision without talking to Kyle. I get that. I get that 100%. Uh, so I, I want you, and I want to Kyle to know about it too. I want him to know about this too. Uh, so I'm glad you brought him up. That's going to be, that's going to be helpful. It's going to help me perform better service actually by telling Kyle about this. I agree with you. Uh, so here's the next step. Then if you are interested, if it's 70% interest and 30% not interested, again, you can always just tell me you're not interested and I'll just wrap it up and you, nothing, you won't got to bother Kyle anymore. You just don't bother him. Makes sense. Uh, now if you are interested, then the next step would be to schedule appointment with you, me, your, your, your wife, uh, Julie, as well as Kyle, your brother-in-law, because I want to make sure that Kyle gets equal access to the information from me. So we need to make an appointment. Now, if he's not in the area or whatnot, we can always do it via Zoom. So I'm going to give him a link and I'm going to give you my cell phone number at the same time, Brian, so that if you talk to Kyle and he can't make it at that appointment, then you're just going to reschedule it for a time that's convenient for him and you and your wife, Julie. So, uh, you want to, let's go ahead and make the, see how much time do you think you guys need? When will Kyle be back from the top of the mountain? Uh, it won't, he won't be back. He's on Mount Kilimanjaro and, uh, he'll be at base camp, which he'll have a satellite phone. I can't really tell you when, but he does call and check in when he gets back to base camp. So how often does he call in to check in? <sighs> Probably every three, four days or something when the Sherpa brings him back. Okay. Down, you know. so, so, so I'm, so I'm going to do this. Uh, you want to wait that long to get this job done? Um, I think we're okay to wait. Well, what do you think, Julie? We good, Julie? Well, excuse me. Uh, yeah, we're good to wait. Okay, I'd thanks. I'd Julie. like to. I'd like to get. I'd like to get it done, Brian. That's okay. That's okay. We'll do it. We'll do it your way. It's we'll been do, too many episodes then. since let's I made do. white uh, Nate role play as my wife, so I just had to bring that in there. Yeah, I get you. I get you. So, <laughs> so let's go ahead and do this, Brian. Uh, let's go ahead and make it. Let's go ahead and make it for uh, Utah. You, you, I'll wait. You guys wait for that phone call from base camp. I'm going to make this appointment. Today is Thursday. I'm going to make the appointment uh, for next day at the same time here at 10 o'clock uh, my time. And then uh, if you meet with your brother and all of a sudden I'll, I'll be on high alert. So if you meet with him at base camp and he says, can we do it right now? You let me know when that will be. I'll, I'll especially between three to four days from now, I will uh, 
be especially on alert for that. Otherwise, let's make it for Thursday for now as a placeholder, and then we will do, I'll come back out to your house and talk to you and Julie, and then we'll have him on the satellite phone, and I will show him on a Zoom call what we're doing so he knows and he has equal access to the information. We can respect him and his time so we don't waste time off that mountain by making sure that we make that time good so he can get the information he needs and give you guys the advice that you want, right? So um, I'm going to make it for next Thursday. And if you want to get it done sooner, you're just going to call me and reschedule it for sooner. Or if you can't, can't do it till after that Thursday, you just reschedule for after that Thursday. Because that's what we're going to do before I leave here today. So next Thursday at 10 o'clock. And then uh, are we okay with that? Uh, so what should we do about that? What do you think? What should we do? That, that makes sense to me. Julie, does that make sense to you? I think that's a great idea. Oh, yeah, that's fine. He, uh, <laughs> exactly. That's, that's how it goes. So there you go. So, so we'll say, what if we don't make the appointment? Go ahead and tell me that. What if we don't want to make, or did you say, what if we don't make the appointment? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. What if we don't want to commit to an appointment with you, Joe? Okay. What if we don't want to put something on the calendar just yet, Joe? Well, then, then you're already giving me the answer, Kyle. Let me start, Brian. You're already giving me the answer, Brian. Uh, the answer is no. Uh, what you're trying to tell me is no. And I appreciate you and Julie are so nice that you're even afraid to tell me no. But don't be afraid to tell me no. You're, you're telling me no, but you're just too nice to tell me no, right? So let's just tell me no if you don't want to make the appointment. Or if you don't want to tell me no, I'm going to tell you no. I'm going to withdraw my bid. Then you, Kyle, and Julie can figure out somebody else who can do the job. Because if you're asking me to mismanage the selection phase of the project right now, uh, I'm probably not going to be able to do it. Anybody who can't manage the phase, I mean, you're, you're going to be giving me money to get this job done. If I can't manage this phase of the project before you give me my money, how am I going to make, how, how would you expect me to manage the project after you gave me money? You follow me on that? It's like, uh, what happens when there's a warranty call? You know, if, I'm not, if I'm managing this correctly, how am I going to manage warranty calls or something like that? You follow me on this? Sure. So anyway, if you don't hire, if you hire, if you hire somebody else, I hope they hold firm to what I'm doing right now, because if they don't, most likely you're going to put a lot of money into something and people aren't going to be there when you need them. I'm going to be here when you need me, which is to make the final selection on this project. Uh, and I'm not, I'm going to be here after you buy the project too. So, uh, we'll do next Thursday at 10 a.m. And if Kyle calls sooner, I'll be on high alert. I'll have my Zoom ready to go on my phone and I'll be able to show you the, project on the phone I got, I got my thing on my apple notes all the prices and stuff like that i'll go over it with kyle and you and julie together on zoom if i have to or i'll come out to your house sooner than that uh we can reschedule if you want to but that's how we got to do it kyle so if you don't want to do it i gotta withdraw my bid should i withdraw my bid or should we make the appointment kyle i mean brian what should we do let's go ahead and put it on for thursday and we'll just let you know if that doesn't work that's good and if you can't want to cancel just cancel you can cancel right now if you guys want to cancel right now you want to cancel now Julie, do you want to cancel now? Like I'm fine with put. So, 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 you see how flippant I am about putting out put out there like the possibility of doing a no. Yeah, it's, like, it's yeah. Just tell me no right now. It's, like, it's not even like, flippant. Like, it's, like I'm, I'm playing around with it because I, 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 I'm, I'm playing with it because I know you're not going to say no. You're, I, I, you're I know you to, want me. To you're do happy it, you to take it away, and to me on, on the client side, it feels like unlike any other estimate I get, you're not desperate to have this this work it doesn't mean that much to you. Like you appreciate me and Julie and the relationship, but you're not willing to like compromise yourself to get this job because you, you really have the mindset of, I have another one waiting. 
and that and that's it's so yeah, important. And, and, and when we get in these, and as techs or or CAs or whatever, when we get in these situations, we feel you know you feel your commission walking away, and you go running after it. But in most cases, you're either the pursuer or the pursued. And if you can flip that, like you've just done to to Brian and Julie, and and become the pursued, you're you're and your chances of getting that job are so much higher. This is the video of yours that I, mean, I saw I mean, that made me want to have you on the show. I mean, you did this on a video, and I just thought it was fantastic. You know, it's not uh, it's not ideal, right? Kyle's up on the mountain and things like like. <laughs> there's a there's a part of me that goes. Uh, there's a part of me that's thinking. This is, like I'm not getting my hopes up. Believe me on this one. Uh, but you know, I at least I did my part. Listen, I can't control Kyle. I can't control Mount Kilimanjaro. I can't control what Brian and Julie are going to do, but I can control what I'm going to do. And hopefully that makes Brian see that what, I, what, what emerges is this is the kind of guy I want to do business with, the kind of guy who doesn't drop the ball. If he doesn't drop the ball here, he's not going to drop the ball when the job, when they're up in the attic or in the crawl space or uh, behind the walls trying to get something done. This guy is going to power through and get something done. He's, he's not the kind of guy who doesn't do the job right. But, like, you get the impression he'd rather not get the job at all than do it wrong. Does that make sense there? Absolutely. You you won't compromise. That's it. And that's just something that, that's something that uh, you know, I have over 500 people that I teach that do over $5 million a year in sales. You know, patricians, plumbers, and HVAC guys. Um, those 500 people, the difference between most other people and those people is that those people will follow this process and honor their values. And if you have any one of them, it's just that I'm committed to following the process and, uh, and I'm not, I'm not going to bend uh, to some other way. The customer tells me don't diagnose the system. They say, well, you have to call a different plumber. We'll call a different electrician. Cause I have to look at the panel. When I look at the, you know, the outlets aren't working. Well, I got to go look at the panel first. Well, I don't want you to go in the baby's bedroom. That's where the panel's at. Well, then we'd have to stop the call and withdraw myself from this opportunity. Or I can continue the call and get the job done, but I'd have to go in that bedroom. How about this? I'll go look at the outlets first, give the baby a chance to wake up or move the baby, or I'll just be really quiet when I go in there. But we have to go look at the panel to do this job right. So if somebody's trying to tell you to do the job wrong, uh, that's the dynamic I think we all should realize it's not good. If I told my accountant how to do my taxes, he'd probably say, why don't you just do your taxes if you're so good at it, right? Why do you come, why do you come and do an accountant? You know, well, well, you turn, tell your attorney, here's why I want to divorce them. Dude, if you want to divorce that woman like that, you divorce the woman. You, you go ahead and go to court. I'm, I do things my way when I go to court. I'm, I'm the attorney. You're the client. Uh, we're going to use my service. We're going to do it my way. We're not going to do it your way. Does that make sense, you guys? Because any, any professional would let the client control how they do business. You know, it's one thing to make the choice of the kind of service I offer. I have a range of services you can purchase. That's your choice. But it's not your choice to tell me how I'm going to diagnose it, how I'm going to manage this project. That is my choice. And uh, don't put that on the client. Like, hey, do you want to make an appointment? That's weak right there. Even saying that is weak. You say, well, the next step is to make an appointment. Uh, you want to do it Saturday or Monday? How much time do you need? 24 hours. Okay, today's Thursday. Do I do it Friday night, Saturday morning, or Sunday? What's good for you? Which one of those three things? Or, or, or Monday, which one's good? You know what I'm saying? So come up with some choices. Tell them the next step is to do that. 
if you don't want to do it, that's not a problem. We just have to withdraw myself from the opportunity. You can hire somebody else. And hey, when it fails with the other guy who managed the project wrong, just call me back. Don't be ashamed to call me back. I'll help you with it even then. It's not a problem. Make sense? That's kind of what I told several clients that before, guys. Not a problem. The truth is, uh, you're not going to lose anything because you can't lose what you never had here. Like you never had the job. Why are you worried about losing it? So, Joe, I have to ask because, I mean, obviously you're a well-polished and developed individual who has spent years crafting all those phrases and the tonality that goes behind Joe-isms. them. The Joe-isms. Joe-isms. Yeah. <clears throat> if, uh, if I'm, you know, a tech listening to this, I'm saying like, man, that sounds so good, but there's no way I'd have the guts to say some of those things to a client while I'm standing right in front of them. How do you help somebody overcome some of that internal struggle that just they make themselves believe like I can't I can't I can't say those things in front of a client that's going to make me feel uncomfortable? Well, you know, it's because probably right now uh, it's, you can't go from like uh, like I, I don't know if you guys uh, you ever, if you had a, ever had a baby you guys ever have kids that you ever have kids either one of you guys. Uh, not personally, but my wife has. <laughs> we both have four kids. Okay. Each. Well, your wife has, yeah, yeah. If you, had, if, if, you had child, if you had a child, we would all think we could play, oh, my God, a son. I had two sons. And I was like, I was always shocked to figure out that the boy, the little boy comes out of the womb, doesn't play baseball. Like, I, I, I got a ball and I got a mitt for the little baby and just the baby. So I try to throw a little soft baseball at him and he just bounces off his head. It doesn't, he doesn't even try to catch it. And it takes him, like, three months before he realizes that's a ball and he tries to reach for it even. Even holding it is a challenge. So you got to say, you know, we got to get that victory first. First, hold the ball. Next, grab the ball. Next, oh, he caught it. He's like, you know, <laughs> six months old and he actually grabbed it in his arms. He reached for it and he grabbed it. That's a victory. You're doing a high five after six months. You realize and that's a year and a half later, he's throwing the ball at you and you're trying to catch it, right? So the bottom line is that you, you got to be able to respect I call law of the harvest that you have to plant the seed. Like this is just the seed we're doing, right? Uh, there's a, I call it conscious in, so in con, unconscious incompetence. You never knew something like this was possible. So it's like the seed we're planting and you're like, wow, your imagination is like, yeah, I can't do that right now. And of course you can't, you're just unconsciously incompetent. You didn't know you're unconscious of the issue and you, you couldn't be competent because how would you know? Then there comes a time when you learn it like this, like on the on the podcast, and now you become consciously competent, consciously, consciously incompetent. You know what to do now. You see what I, I just literally laid it out for you, but you're going to be incompetent because you don't have the confidence or the strength or the tonality and all that kind of stuff to do it. But then you keep trying it, though. You try it a couple times, it fails, and there's that magic time when it works, like catching that ball for your baby. And then you become consciously competent. You're like, oh, yeah, I can catch it. i got to try hard every time. But then you guys know when you grow up as a kid, there comes a time when somebody throws a baseball at you. You don't even think about the ball or the glove. You just catch it. And now playing catch, you know, somebody throws a ball 90 miles an hour, you catch it. You know, It's not even a flinch. You don't think about the ball and the glove and squeezing your hand. It just all happens in one motion. you got that muscle memory where you're like, yo, I got this. But you know, remember, there was a time when the, somebody would have thrown a 90-mile-hour ball, you just have a big lump on your head. You wouldn't you wouldn't, you wouldn't, even reach for it. You'd be like, oh, my God, there's something 90-mile-an-hour coming at me. What do I do? And you try ducking. Maybe you think you try to do your first instinct back, back then, right? So, you know, respect the law of the harvest. You plant the seed. You harvest an idea. 
you're you keep keep fertilizing the idea. You put some sunshine and water on it, and it can't grow any faster. You know, the seed grows, and then it takes time for them to grow. And then when it does, then the fruit is there at the end, and that's a lot of the harvest. So you got to make sure that you know you, by the time you get to where you're unconsciously competent, you don't got to think about this anymore. Uh, you're just doing it. Uh, that's like for me on this kind of a thing. Uh, I'm always shocked that nobody does do it. I mean, myself because I'm I'm unconsciously uh, competent at this. I would not. And if I the only thing I do is I see my own my own employees working with me at Service MVP, and I'm like, yep, I never really gave this lesson. I didn't plant that seed with them. They're, they still don't know how to catch the ball. They're, they're not even reaching for it, right? So um, I'm just conscious of the uh, and empathetic to the learning process. Because uh, I'm an educator, I'm not somebody who is a mag- magician who can make that happen for you instantly. But hopefully I could just inspire the imagination so you can see what is possible and help imagine possibilities. Does that make sense? Sure does, Joe. And it, it's so well said and clearly something that I think all of us can begin developing and, and stepping into because it does take a while to gain that confidence. But uh, the becoming consciously competent, I believe, is the end of that journey, and that's what we're shooting for. Uh, it's uh, unconsciously, unconsciously competent. So good, you don't got to think about it, right? That's uh, the yeah. that's the top 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 of the chain. So it's the unconsciously competent people who do things so good that you don't got to think about it. You know, when you first start the podcast, you're probably unconsciously incompetent. Now, what do you do here? Well, we were consciously incompetent. <laughs> we, were, we knew all about you it. You knew what to do and you didn't do about it. it. Yeah. And, then, and, then, and then people, uh, you had to teach people, hey, we got to coach you before we, before we interview them. It's done no swearing and things like that. See, I purposely didn't swear so because you told me to not to. So I tried not to. I, I did say a few things that were right on the edge, but I don't know. Oh, when you, said, when you said when we started the podcast, we thought you meant this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Still, still incompetent. Oh no, not this, not this podcast. I mean, overall, come on, guys, know, you're incompetent. We're you're, just joking. You're, unco- you're, unco- you're, you're unconsciously competent at podcasts right now. You guys are doing a great job, and and uh, thank you for listening to me. I definitely am honored to be here. Like I said before, and all that. Thank you so much. We and we really appreciate that compliment, Joe. And I, I got to tell you, so far, what we've talked about in here was, you know the root of that video and what you were saying that I saw, I wish I knew what it was or where I came across it. I have no idea. I tried to find it, but then I realized you just have like hundreds of hours of content out there. Um, but I, I do want to say, I'm glad that we wandered into each other's universe and, um, I'm, I'm excited to get our people more into this. I mean, as you know, we signed up for your, your, um, dispatcher and CSR training. We have some we do have some very competent and high-level dispatching and, and customer service reps here producing, selling a lot of plans, um, very high, very high uh, booking ratios. But just from what I heard of you and what I saw and the people who, like Dylan Moya and Tommy Mello and Ken Goodrich, the people who had great things to say about your training, I'm like, you know, can we overtrain them? Can, can we give them too much great training? So it, it was the first thing we've done with you was that. And as far as the show goes, I would, you know, I'd love to have you back on as a regular, if that's something you'd, you'd be into, you know, every, every, uh, anytime you have something new, something to promote, I think it would be great to have you come back on from time to time. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be awesome. I'd be, of course, I'd be honored to do that. And definitely if I could be in a rotation that uh, would uh, be able to help, service professionals. So my, my goal is to help other people. So uh, 
I mean, definitely, I wouldn't want to take up all your time, but definitely, if I can, if I, I have, I have a lot to say, I have a lot to say, and a lot to offer, and I think uh, my greatest joy is when people take the information we have and it changes their life. I'm here to change your thinking to grow your results. That's what I try to do. Uh, whether you're a CSR dispatcher, uh, you know, everybody is selling people. Whether it's you know you selling the client or a manager selling his team on getting a certain initiative done, the dispatcher is selling the service tech on communicating better with him or her. You know, everybody's got something that they are <clears throat> trying to push their ideas, trying to sell your kids on not doing drugs and, you know, playing a sports drug instead of playing with, uh, you know, other, you know, non-productive uh, people they could be hanging out with. So there's parents are selling their kids on getting their room cleaned or getting off the video game. Let's go play some basketball or something like that. So we're all in the sales business. We just don't realize it, you know. So, Joe, while we are on that subject, if people are interested in learning more about you or what you have to offer, where's the best place to get connected? Well, you can either just call call me and we can have a conversation. We do a thing called, the, we, start, we start every relationship out where people, I want people to try our services. Like, I, like giving the information from this, try this today. Uh, if you like it, uh, we hope you do. You can go to servicemdp.com. You can sign up there if you want to sign up. It's really, really low uh you know, investment to get started there. We also have coaching investments, which are not really low. They're definitely a high investment, but we are invested in teaching your team. We have live events we have as well. So if you go to Service MVP or you go to, or you want to call us at uh, 805, uh, sorry, uh, 877-764-6304. It's 877-764-6304. And you, uh, and you uh, just say, uh, I'm interested in some stuff. We will give you a free tour and test drive of our services if you want to see the range of solutions we have. Uh, it takes about 20 minutes to go through that tour and test drive, and we'll give you a seven-day trial to everything we do so you can experience it. The idea is to make money with our service before we ask you for any money. So you're already, you're already you're playing with house money when you buy from us. That's how we try to do it. Make sense? Well, if, if somebody listened to this episode and implemented one of the things you've talked about, that's already done. You should be skipping the free trial. Let's put it that way. I um right. Well, you never know. Some people, some people need to think about it. And that's going to be uh, make an appointment after that seven days. Believe me, if you get the free trial, we're going to have an appointment at the end of those seven days. You realize that, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no matter where, what mountain <laughs> Kyle's climbing. <laughs> The only, the only payment for the free trial is an appointment at the end of the seven days. That's what we tell you. So you'll give it free. The only thing we want is an appointment when you're done to give us the feedback. And because that feedback, good or bad, is still good. You know, that's what we look at it like. So I, I heard, I've, you know, I, I love what you've done with your training, like a lot of trainers in our space, which is, um, you know, craft a lot of your own stuff was certainly what I could hear were some influence from, from some um, other older, you know, sales trainers, not necessarily in our industry. Um, but I started in this kind of selling tech plumbing truck, uh, working for Ken in, in, uh, at yes, in Las Vegas back in 2004. And at that time I didn't, I didn't, I had never heard of anyone in our space who, who did training on this exact thing. Like I was Tom Hopkins and Brian Tracy and, you know, anyone I could get my hands on, but, 
do you mind sharing who your influences have been and who, you know, if you, if you need a refresher, like who do you go back to in, in the communication and the selling training or do you do that anymore? Is it all your own stuff at this point? Oh no, I've, I've, I've never invented anything. Truthfully, it's just uh, taking ideas that people have given me and planted the seed with me and done the same thing that law of the harvest for myself. Uh, I would say though, I, I was fortunate that I had uh, some of my, one of my customers who really showed me about the science of pricing. His name is Dave uh, Muller. He, he passed away in 2008, but he was one of the first mentors I had. He, he, he basically told me as a client, Joe, why are you trying to save people money on stuff? Why don't you just show people the options? He showed me what the science of the premium mid-range economy options were from that. So there are some uh, people I look, I read and do stuff like uh, Dr. Robert Cialdini, uh, C-I-A-L-D-I-N-I, Cialdini. Uh, he uh, has written many books on the science of persuasion. There's another book called Maximum Influence by Kurt Mortensen, with an E, Mert Mortensen, um, called Maximum Influence, which we actually use for one of our textbooks in our live training events. Uh, oh yeah, Tom. You're going to get the science of persuasion. Yeah, Tommy told us about right. Tommy told us about maximum influence two weeks ago, and yeah. actually told us that you put him onto it. Tommy Mello. Yeah, so. yeah. So that's it. So yeah, yeah. He's a great guy, and so yeah, uh, maximum influence is good. It's a good book. I hope everybody doesn't buy it so I can still get because there's limited supply with. So I hope everybody doesn't buy them and then get the Kindle so I can still get the paper ones for our seminars. But the uh, you can still give it. it's a good book. It goes over the twelve laws of persuasion. And it shows a little bit about a little bit of the application. But I think when you read those uh, laws of persuasion or science of how people make selections, you know, there's science. There's billions of dollars spent every year on studying how does somebody put a green sign in front of a, of a building, and people buy five million dollars a year at a Starbucks without any advertising. You know, how do you get people like a zombie state buying six dollar coffees? you know, every single day, you know, and then adding on and spending 20 bucks on a, a couple of eggs and a thing with some peanut butter or whatever, whatever, you know, uh, so the bottom line is that there is, there is uh there's a science behind this, you know, the, the way it feels when you walk in the, the way they communicate both verbally and non-verbally. And so there is something there. Um, so I would, I would say, you know, start by saying this isn't just learning how to talk with customers. It's a bigger subject because in a way you're learning how to, you know, uh, use the science when you meet people or just connect with people and to listen better and things like that. So a lot of things that are in that book that go over that, those books, those, that's how I like to do it is from the base. Cause I realize that people in the blue collar trades need to know how things work. They're not the kind of people you just say, talk like this electrician, you know, some guy is electrician and master electrician in a place like Boston, Massachusetts or whatever, Connecticut. There's no way he's going to listen to me. But if I tell him, Hey, listen to this study. And what do you think of that? Yeah, that makes sense. So I say, well, here's how you do that. Oh, now that makes sense what you're saying. So if I just try to tell people what to do without that science, especially for people who are brought up in a trade that is based on science for plumbing, electricity, and HVAC and garages and things like that, those are things that are, you know, there's different things that are, uh, you know, the tension, the pressure, the ohms, amps, volts, superheat, subcooling, all that stuff is all a science and so they need the science of this too to be able to have the confidence that there's something that uh is universally true not just something that somebody made up and threw at them so i i never tell people that i invented anything i'm just a facilitator 
of, of, of the laws of nature in a way, the laws of uh, things that are out there. And, uh, you know, just like gravity, uh, the law of contrast where I show people one price that's higher and then the other ones are less money. It's just like gravity. It makes people just choose one. That they make the, the bottom price looks like less money when I show them something that's more money first. Um, that's the law of contrast, right? So every one of those laws apply to what we teach. And if you, you ask me, why are we saying these words? I will tell you exactly why we say those words. Makes sense? So there's nothing in our program that's slop. There's no wasted, there's not one wasted word. There was no word that was copied from another sales trainer. We did take the raw materials and bake this cake ourselves. So and it's based, based on my 24 years of doing things wrong and 20, 26 years of doing things right or 20, 22 years of doing things right. Between that and those laws of persuasion and over 12,000 clients that have tested the material as well, uh, I'm confident that this is the best. It sure is fantastic to have you on here, Joe, and all the content that you're bringing in. And as we bring the things in for a landing here on this episode, I wanted to close out with the alternate uh, option that you can go on at a call, and that is no. So how do you handle no? How do you train uh, the technicians that come to you? How to process when a client says no? And what does that look like for you? I just say, uh, well, yeah, well, so if you say, like, no, we're not going to use your services. We found something for less money or give you give you a reason like that. You're talking about something like that, you mean? I, I suppose the uh, the reason behind the no could be widely variable. Um, I would so- just say this. I'd say somebody says, well, we're going to, no, I think we're going to say, I'm going to hold off on everything for now or whatever. Okay, so you got to listen, listen carefully. Somebody says, we're going to hold off on everything for now. And I would say, so is it no forever? Is it no to me? Or is it just no uh, right now? What exactly do you mean by that? So I don't accept no by itself as I have enough information right there. I don't really understand the information because I'm not sure what you mean by that. Do you mean like you know you're going to use somebody else? No, you want to use me, but you can't do it right now. Or just no, get out of my house. You never want to see me again. What, what exactly do you mean by no? Uh, no, I like you and everything like that. They're probably going to say, I would just need some time on this thing. We can't do it right now. Or, you know, we're going to go with somebody who's cheaper, something like that, right? So if they tell me, no, we're going to go with somebody who's less money, you're more money than somebody else. We're gonna, we only have so much money to use. We are going to uh, go with somebody else. And I would say, well, let's talk about that a little bit then. Listen, I don't mind that you think you're trying to save money, right? So how important is, it not to how important is it not to waste money? It's really important. Yeah, I mean, so let me ask you a question. So if you're going to go with somebody else, uh, let's just go over and do a little review here. Make sure you're on the right page. So I gave you six different choices: two premium, two mid-range, two economy. How many choices did the other guy give you? One. So he already cut corners on 84% of the choices. What makes you think he's not going to cut corners on the workmanship? Yeah, good point. Like, I gave you a 12-year warranty and service program. How many years of service did he give you? Did he just give you the warranty? No, he only gave me a five-year warranty. Well, does he not think he'll be in business for five years or more than five years? Or how come there's no service plan? Because right now you're about to buy a butt solution. You know what a butt solution is? You could have had the warranty and commitment for 12 years, but you chose somebody who wasn't committed. And that is the most expensive purchase you're going to do. So what should we do? And I give it a second chance. Here's what I can tell you. If I hear the word no, 
I want to hear it minimum of six times. Before. I want somebody to tell me, Joe, I think it's time to leave my house. And even then I would say, you think it's time or is it time? So good. <laughs> does, that, does that make sense? Right, guys? Like, right, so like if you listen closely to what people say, you listen closely to what people say. They're not saying leave and just stay there until people tell you to get out of here. It's, I think it's, Joe, get out of my house. All right, finally you said it. But before you go, let me just tell you this one thing. Uh, not, you want somebody who has a passion to get this job done or somebody who would just quit on you? I want somebody who's got a passion. Well, you can see I'm not quitting, right? How about the other guy? Why is he here? Why is he here? Did he quit or did you, did you tell him to leave or did he leave? Yeah, he just left. Well, I'm not leaving until we get the job, so what should we do? Like, like, like that thing, right? It's like, you know, because really, what, what's, what's the risk here? There is no risk. So when somebody says no, to me, it's like, oh, good, let's have fun with this now. Because I'm not going to get the job. I'm playing with house money. Might as well just have the guy practice objection handling with me now. Just, just, let's just go ahead and do a workout with this guy and see how many times I can get him to tell me no. Here's what I can tell you. He will run out of ways to tell me no way before I run out of reasons that we should do the job. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, no client is practiced at this. You're not practiced at it. Most people aren't practicing saying no. Especially when you got no hot water or you got no power in your house, right? Uh, people aren't in the business of saying no. Uh, if somebody tries to talk about money, well, I'm going to show you how wasting money you're about to waste money on a cheaper guy. I'm going to tell you, 90% of our jobs are done by people who are cheaper, and then we come back and fix those. You want to be, you want to, you want to hire the cheap guy and then pay us to get the job done, or you just want to get the job done the right way? What should we do? Make sense? Because here's one thing you got to remember, guys. I will never be sold that somebody cheaper will do the job better. I'm, you're not going to sell me on that, no matter what. I've already seen. I tried, Why? Because I tried it for 24 years that way, doing it cheaper and doing it the wrong way. And they, I couldn't do it the wrong I was frustrated because I couldn't do it cheap enough for people to get the job. I thought back those, those days that the way people were motivated was to get a cheaper price. But I realized that wasn't the case. It's almost never the case. They would like to get a cheaper price on the exact same quality, but they're not willing to give up that quality to get that cheaper price. Almost never. And that's the one thing that, that well, most think of the text just, they, they don't understand that part. In a way, it's like an economic lesson. You have to teach people on every call that, uh, you know, uh, I'm not going to apologize for my price. The price is what, what allows me to do the highest quality. I can't, I can't do the quality without investing in the price that we need to get to get the job done. If you give me that investment, I will secure the investment and make sure your job gets done right. And you'll have somebody who's got a passion to manage this project. Can you lower the price? I can give you my best service. That's what I can do. So what should we do? You know? And so, uh, and so when I get a no, I just think it's an interesting, it's an interesting negotiating technique. Uh, but I don't really accept it because no is too general of a term. You'd have to get more specific with me about what that means. Does that mean no forever, no for now, no to me, no to the project overall? You're gonna have to not. You don't want to get a hot tub anymore. You know. So whatever it is that you're saying no to, I need to figure out exactly what you know. What are what are you saying no to? And is it, is the temporary or permanent no? You, know, you, you follow me on that, guys. So good, Joe. So good, and it has been so good to have you on the show. Uncle Joe, Cressera, we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to share all this knowledge with us. And there is so much more to be had. Make sure that you check him out on the resources he provided, the phone number, as well as other, you're all over social media for sure. 
and uh, such good stuff there. Thank you, Joe, for being on the show. We have really appreciated it, and uh, we're looking forward to more. Yeah, thank you for giving us some some extra time and being uh, being generous with that time of yours. I know you you have a lot going on, and you you let us go a little bit over there, and we do appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great one. That's a wrap for this podcast. We hope that you enjoyed hearing from Uncle Joe. It was great to uh, listen to his simple ways of breaking things down. He makes it seem so easy. I really find that those concepts, even though he makes them sound so easy, are quite profound, especially the follow-up piece. In our industry, and really in any industry, follow-up is king. And it's so easily forgotten. It's so easily just ignored or, uh, you know, frankly, uh, just disregarded as something that's not worthwhile pursuing. And yet you've done so much work to that point. Why not complete the job? And Uncle Joe has great tips uh, and and tones and words and phrases to use to help accomplish that follow-up to make sure that you are securing that business. And at the very least, you walk away from that call knowing exactly where everything stands. I hope that's a great challenge to you as something that you can work on and improve in your own personal truck. And we want to leave you with our challenge now, which is to make sure that you are choosing to wake up every single morning and waste no day.